The road to London Bridge. How I went from a life of violence to stopping the terror attack at Fishmongers Hall. Steve Gallant. It's a story of physical bravery, moral courage and the power of redemption from the man who led the charge in stopping the terrorist attack at Fishmongers Hall in November 2019. We will always remember those images of three members of the public taking on a terrorist, one armed with the tusk of a narwhal. Uh, that gentleman was uh, Steve Gallant, and I'm delighted to say that Steve joins us live on the line now. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's... It's a story, it would be an incredible story anyway if you had just been an ordinary member of the public and, and, and taken on this terrorist. But your backstory is, is quite remarkable because the, reasons that, the reason why you were there and what happened and, and how it marked your, your, basically your journey, Steve. Explain a little bit about, if, if you would, about the, the series of events that led to you being at Fishmongers Hall that day. Well, I've been invited there after um, doing some work with a project called Learning Together, which was run from Cambridge University. And uh, I built up a good relationship with, with that team. And, and one of those was Jack Merritt, who was tragically killed at, at Fishmongers Hall. So I was still serving a sentence at the time. Um, I was in an open prison. I'd only been there for a few days. And then this invite came through. And that was essentially my first day out of prison in 14 and a half years. So off I go. Uh, on that day, um, feeling upbeat, feeling lively, feeling a, this, this, this fair sense of freedom and going to Fishmongers Hall and meeting a lot of wonderful people um, in such a beautiful environment. And then, of course, we know what happened from there. A terrorist attack happened. Yeah. I mean, you're... you're- yeah. I'm not going to categorise, but you're, you're up up until that point. I mean, you 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 were a bit rehabilitating yourself, but it had been, shall we say, there'd been some some there's been some wrong options perhaps in your life, and it had been, there'd been a life with a fair amount of violence in it. Yeah, I mean, even you know, prior to prison, I've been in trouble with the police, particularly in my during my youth. Um, but then uh, one one day in 2005, I'd received a, con- a phone call saying that my partner had been attacked in my home. And I found out who this person was. It's still an allegation, of course. It was never proven in a court of law. But I took the law into my own hands. And ultimately, I waited outside a, a pub and, um, and engaged in violence upon that person. And, and, and tragically, he died. And I was sent to prison uh, for that. In fact, I was given a life sentence with a minimum tariff of 17 years. So that's how I initially ended up going to prison in the first place. And for a lot of people because prison can institutionalise a lot of people and change them, and if you like, screw their, their moral compasses up somewhat, it, that life sentence can, can be just that. People can just throw their hands up and go, right, well, that's it, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm not coming out again. But you, you took the, the more difficult path. You, you, know, you had that moment of, of clarity, that moment of reflection, and decided that you wanted to, to do something about it to get yourself out of that situation. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that, it, you're right. I mean, some people, yeah, they can turn in and, and it can desensitize them to prison and stuff like that. But I had, you know, for me, coming away to prison and realizing that those values that I had around violence and those values that I had about friendship, you know, you stick by your mates at all costs, you don't grasp stuff like that, which really um, dissipated to nothing once, you know, once I was on trial and I saw that my friends were not there, you know, and yet my family were, were there supporting me and, I realised, I thought, you know what, I've, I've messed up big time here. I've lost everything. You know, I've lost my freedom. I've lost my job. I've lost the most important thing in the world to me, which is my partner. And I just thought, this has got to change. I've got to do something about it. And thankfully, that decision came very early on in my sentence. And 
So I made a vow very early on not to use violence again uh, alongside other promises to to educate myself and ultimately get myself through that prison system and, and get out. And it's an incredibly tough thing to do because obviously you're, you're in the prison environment and there's an awful lot of... of endemic violence and that can be put down to lack of education lack of resources the home office the justice secretary whatever and 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 the sort of the political thing about well you know prisoners are these sort of they deserve it quote unquote and and therefore the myth perpetuates itself but you again you take the steps to to get yourself back out and you come across Come across, Jack. What's your, what's your original thoughts when you? Because he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a young man. These are these are people from from high universities. Completely different world to perhaps what you'd what you'd been used to before. Well, I, you know, by then I'd been engaged in education. I was looking for more opportunities to learn, and you know, having the opportunity to work with the Learn Together team and Jack Merritt um, was was one that I, I I jumped at because I thought, well, these are Cambridge educated people, you know. And I found them very inspirational and, and very kind as well and, and non-judgmental, um, particularly uh, Jack. I think that was something really special about him. He, he had this ability to make even the most um, downtrodden person feel a sense of self-worth. He was young. He was good-looking, very charismatic. So I was inspired by him and, and that team. And for me, it was just it was great having the opportunity to work with him as I was serving a prison sentence. So I just, you know, I, I just jumped in there with two or three and so the, the day itself, it's Fishmongers, Fishmongers Hall, which is this, this beautiful building in London. And is this a, is this a conference? Is, is this is, is a, is an exhibit? What's the actual event? Yeah, it was a, it was their five year celebration. You know, the five years of being in the distance celebration event and, and a, an alumni event as well. So people who had successfully joined them, got out of prison. It was for them as well, but primarily to celebrate their five years of existence. And so and it was a conference. Yeah, it was a conference um, held at Fishland Resort. Yeah, and and it's your, it's your first day. It's your first day out, as it were. As it were, I mean, you've been in, obviously in the open open prison system. Um, you must be feeling good about yourself. You must be, you know, uh, springing your step. Um, you know, you're in the big smoke. It's uh, everything. Everything seems to be, you know, going to be a, a great day. Presumably, as with all things, these attacks, everything just changed in a split second. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was it was these screams that I heard initially that alerted me to something being wrong. I mean, I was told to stay put by my the officer who would escorted me to the to Fishmongers all that day. Yeah. So I was under orders not to move, you know. But these these screams continued, and then somebody came rushing back into the back into the building, dialing the phone very quickly and saying, "It's Usman." And I thought, well, clearly whoever this Usman is must be responsible for those screams. And you know, I looked around the room, and you know, it's full of academics and stuff like that. And I thought, well. I best go do something. So I just jumped up and went downstairs to investigate. And so, because you you were presumably sitting down, sitting up, sitting upstairs, and waiting to get yeah. the, the day going, sort of thing. I was I was in a conference hall, I think it's called a banqueting hall upstairs. I mean, the buildings it's a big building, but um, I didn't realise that the screens were downstairs. I just knew it was outside the room, so yeah. I left that room to go and find out where it was, and it just. I just naturally followed the stairs down to the ground floor and, where events were happening. Yeah, and. Presumably mm. horrible. I mean, something horrendous to come across. And uh, presence of mind, because a lot of people would go into shock. A lot of people would run away. Would you, you have, uh, and, and two other members of the public didn't. So just talk us through that. And, and obviously it's, it's one of the images, isn't it? The, 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 the narwhal tusk, which is that, yeah. that thing yeah. from, a, from a whale. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can only speak for me, but my best experience of being around violence and engaging in my own violence and seeing a lot of violence in the prison system, you know, a lot of which I depict in my book, actually, um, 
I guess probably that sort of prepared me in, in some way to, to 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 deal with this. And I think it also, you know, when I look back on that, and I, I, I got fed up of violence in the end. I got fed up of seeing people getting bullied in hair, you know, and seeing this, this this lady laid on the floor with blood coming from her, and then seeing another lady um, laid in a fetal position with lots of blood underneath her, and then seeing this chap in front of me with his two knives who would clearly been responsible for this attack. I just, you know, part of me thought, you know what, I'm fed up of this. I'm going to deal with this. I mean... It wasn't about violence. It wasn't about me using violence. It was about me. Um, I, my plan was just to sort of, you know, keep him at bay, just keep him, keep him occupied, or take him to the floor, just do something, just to stop him hurting the people. So it was just about controlling the situation. But at that time, I just, I didn't really think about it. I thought, you know, I need to do something. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I just did. I just acted instinctively. And you had no way of knowing if he had a device on him. You didn't know if he might have a, a, a weapon. He might have a bar, a grenade, anything like that, did you? At that point, because it's all happening so quickly. No, I did. I mean, he was stood there. He had two eight-inch razor-sharp knives strapped to his hand, and I could clearly see the knives. And when I, what I did initially was I launched a piece of wood at him, which was on the floor, probably from a previous skirmish. And he then he missed him, and then he comes towards me, opened up his jacket, and he showed me. Uh, which was an improvised explosive device strapped to his waist, clearly um, trying to scare me off. But I, for some reason, I just assumed it was fake. Of course, I didn't know at the time, but I made that assumption uh, and just continued with my my uh, efforts to, to, to engage him. And and you got him outside because we all we are all familiar with those those images on 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 the uh, on the bridge and the the other guy with the fire extinguisher, and and again, you know, incredible bravery. Well, I mean, a lot happened inside the Fishmongers Hall as well. I mean, you would see what happened outside, but I, I covered that in my book about what happened. I you know we had a fight for quite a while, but ultimately, yes, you're right, it did rush out onto the streets of, of London, onto London Bridge. Um, and it was at that point where I thought, well, these people out there, they're not aware this chap is now out there and he could do anything to him. So I raced out after him. And then, yeah, we had another um, engagement. We had another fight. And then ultimately, he runs down to London Bridge. Others then joined in uh, and chased him. Somebody else grabbed another narwhal tusk. And ultimately, once he got to London Bridge, I thought, let's just take the guy to the ground. You know what we're doing here? You know, just grab him. That's what I told myself. And in the end, I did. I made a grab for him and took him to the ground. When when you're in a in a in a fight, and you know there will be those of us who have you know got involved in skirmishes, punch ups, or whatever. There's an awful fair, fair amount of shouting, and you know you're going to get your head kicked in the whole thing. Was the? I mean, I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to make this levity. But was the was the did you, was there conversation between you and him? I mean, apart from no, there, there, there was a point where where he said to me, you know, oh, I was putting heat on him inside the fishmonger's arm. He said to me, I'm waiting for the police, and I I don't know whether he, he picked up that perhaps I was a, a, a an ex offender or a prison leaver like him, and I would be somehow sympathetic towards that, but I wasn't. But apart from that, I mean, people have said he was shouting Allah Akbar and this stuff. He, as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't shouting anything. He was unusually quiet mm-hmm. uh, throughout the period. I was doing a lot of shouting. I was saying, do this, you know, telling other people to do this. Stand back, you know, move, you know, like, grab his hands, do this, you know. I was probably even more loud than anybody else. And I think the, in terms of the other guys, there was a lot of synchronicity. I think it was just a, a case of we knew what we had to do. Just just get this guy to the ground and so he can't hurt nobody else. Yeah. And then, of course, please, the, what, 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 was, what was must have been even more concerning or frightening is the fact that you've got him to the ground and then obviously police units turn up, I should imagine, pretty quickly. And then it must have been very difficult to sort of disengage to let them do their job and not get caught up, as it were, because everybody's pumped up, everybody's running around. It's all a scene of confusion. But, I mean, I, you know, I saw I saw the police pull up and I, and I, I knew straight away, I thought, this, this, this guy's finished. So I, it was punched me moving away at that point. I still had all of him. I still had control of him. And... 
Um, I just thought you know, there was a lot of people milling around at this time. So when the police came, got out the cars, they were going, get back, get back, I'm police, you know. And then someone shouted, he's got a bomb. So everyone started to peel away. And I've, I just let everyone peel away, peel away. And then it was just me and another chap left on him. So I thought, well, my time's up now. If I don't move, I'm going to get shot myself. So I went to move. I, I patted the other guy on the back to say, look, let's move now. But he wouldn't he wouldn't budge. So I just thought, I, I best get out of the way because I'm in the way now. So I backed away to let the, let the police do their thing. Yeah. What, was your, what were your thoughts when you found out that Two people have been killed, you know, among them, you know, the, well, the I, mentor. I didn't, I didn't know Saskia Jane, but Jones, but I, I knew about her and, and it was just, it was sad. I mean, I watched her, I watched her pass away. Um, Jack Merritt, I didn't know he'd been, a, he'd been hurt at the time. And it was only later on that I found out something had happened. It was the next day that I found out that he'd, he'd lost his life in that attack. And, and I knew Jack, I got to know Jack quite well. You know, I didn't know him in his personal life. I knew him in his professional life. But what I got to know was just, just, just a brilliant person who was working really hard to to um, help educate and rehabilitate prisoners. You know, he died doing something he loved. And he was killed by somebody, actually, who he was trying to help. And that was one of the saddest parts about it, you know. Yeah. So why you, you put... And, and then you get the... Uh, I mean, you did that because it was a, a reaction and it was it was a necessary action. You know, and, and then you get the, the media attention, and then the and then the the, the award for bravery. I mean, must have quite an, quite an interesting an experience, I should imagine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, there was a, a new twist and turns following that event because I the probation services they accused me of being violent towards the terrorist offender, and, and it caused me a few problems prior to getting out. But ultimately, yeah, I, I was awarded at the highest level. You know, I was given. First, the Queen's Gallantry Medal, which allowed me to cut my, uh, allowed me to apply for parole a little bit earlier than normal. And then recently, after getting out, I was given the award of the Queen's Gallantry Medal, um, which was obviously a very, um, you know, which I'm very honoured for. I mean, it's not like I can, you can't celebrate these things in the normal sense, sure. uh, in the normal way, because of because of what happened. But for me and what I represent, I guess, um, yeah, it, 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 it was quite quite big. And, and and the book, because you've put you, you know you've you've written this book, the road to London Bridge. Mm. Presumably, it's it's a way of letting people know what happened, but also it must be a way of letting people whose choices or whose circumstances have led them to, to places that they don't want to be in. And yeah. and you know we talk about redemption, you know, and I and I talk, I've done quite a few interviews with with people who found themselves through a set of circumstances. You know, through a thrown punch, through an angry word, who suddenly had the full weight of the of the Crown Prosecution Service come against them, and they find themselves bewildered and incarcerated. And for a lot of them, they throw their hands up and go, "That's my lot. That's my life. It's over." And this book presumably is, is for those who who a, want to find out a little bit about your journey, but also for anybody who has or has a relative who's has found themselves in situations. You know, I, sometimes I go into prisons and I talk about my story and, and the reception is brilliant. Prisoners, you know, they, they love it. You know, I, I always get a standing evasion and it surprises me, but it, it, I, it, I've realised that there's a lot of people in prison, you know, who are inspired by that story and are inspired because they they want the, the chance to change and they want the chance to be re-upset to be back into society. So um, I've realised that this book goes a little bit further and my story goes a little bit further than what I initially thought. So, And that's, that's a great thing, you know, the fact that it can give people hope that, they can change and be accepted if they put the effort in, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the thing about writing a book, I mean, you would never have thought, you know, 10 years ago, the thought that you'd be, you know, you'd be, be no. a published author. 
Well, I, you know, when I first went to prison, I, my reading and writing skills were very, very poor. So I, I, I went very, very hard to get to that, get to that level. Uh, and I guess this is just another way of, you know, another sort of outcome or reward for, for all that hard work. Yeah. Certainly. The other two guys, the other, do you keep in touch with the, the, the other two guys who were, who were with you on that, on that day? Um, well, I, I do with Darren Frost. I mean, Darren, Darren Frost and I, we are now, we're the co-founders of, of a social enterprise called All Merit CIC, which provides resettlement support to prison leavers. So I, we are, we're very close and we do a lot of work together, professionally and privately, yeah. And, you know, and the, the book itself, I mean, you must be immensely proud. And it's one of those things, isn't it, I suppose, you must think, you know, life life is is so unpredictable and the way it twists and turns... Uh, and, and and here you are, you know, gallantry yeah. medal yeah. on the media, uh, talking about yeah. your, your life and, and and hopefully inspiring young people, old you know, and older people that they they can make something in their lives no matter what cards they've been dealt with. You, you, you never know what's around the corner, certainly, but I think it's really important to to take advantage of opportunities as they come. That's what I've learned, and yeah, I think my story as well. I think I, I hope that speaks to um, people who've not just been to prison, but you know, people in, in general, because we you know. It's all relative, isn't it? And we all face challenges in life, and 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 we str- and sometimes we struggle to overcome. But if I can get through it, if I can get through what I've just been through, you know, and that was a, you know, a, a, a huge challenge to be, you know, to get lifed off. I mean, I may not ever get released again. You know, in the British system is such that you know once you get sent to prison um, for life, you, you can literally stay in there for the rest of your life. But you know, to get out of that, so if I can do that, you know then anyone can get through their challenges. The book is called The Road to London Bridge, How I Went from a Life of Violence to Stopping the Terror Attack at Fishmongers Hall. It's by Steve Gunn, who we're talking to today. Steve, please give our listeners um, the, the website for the, for the, for the organisation that you've, you've founded and, and how, they can, how they can follow your journey. Okay, so we've got um, on merit. CIC.org. Uh, you can check that out. Check out the work that I'm doing there with Darren Frost to help prison leavers. There's also my website, which is www.stevegallant.co.uk. You can find links there to purchase in my book. I also work as a fundraiser for the Howard League for Penal Reform. So you can check out them. They do some really interesting and useful work in terms of improving the prison system. Um, and yeah, you can find me. If you look on my website, you can find all my social media links. So uh, yeah, follow me, link up, and, and join me on, on, on creating a, a better world. The book is called The Road to London Bridge. It's, be, be, it's by Steve Gallant. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you.